Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. She is a Pan Pacific Championships medalist. She's an NCAA All-American. She represented the University of Minnesota. And now she's a swammer. She recently announced her retirement. Today, we've got Mackenzie Paddington. Mackenzie, how are you today? I'm really good. Thank you. So, so let's address that first. You know, you, you recently announced your retirement in as many or as few words as, as you feel comfortable with. Um, tell me about what it went into that decision. Um, yeah, so it's been a long battle personally for me. Um, I've been weighing back and forth on this decision for quite some time. And ultimately what led me to make this decision is I had one, I wasn't in my ideal training facility. I would have loved to go back into Minnesota, but some unforeseen circumstances happened there, which made me not go back. Um, The team's amazing. It's nothing against the team. Um, And then I just have been fighting injury after injury, and it always put a damper on my swimming, as well as like the silent fight and my mental health battle. Um, That hasn't been good for me and I was fighting so hard to get through swimming that I wasn't enjoying swimming anymore and I knew it came the time and place where I had to put myself first and my mental health first so I decided to step away from the sport yeah and I I think that makes a lot of sense let's I mean (laughs) it's been a year of setbacks certainly um, you know, you had committed to NC State at one point. Um, you had taken a, an Olympic gap year in 2019-2020 season. Um, did those setbacks have have a have an effect in that decision? And, and I know you also had considered ISL, and then um, because of COVID, decided not to. I mean, did, does having the Olympic setback, the collegiate setback, the, the professional setback, um, does all of that kind of play a role in that decision as well? Oh, for sure. It definitely does. I mean, it was just kind of the perfect storm of everything going on in my life, I'd say. Um, yeah, like you said, I was supposed to go to NC State and then I didn't feel comfortable with COVID and ISL, I didn't feel comfortable with COVID. And the Olympic setback was probably one of the hardest things for me. Um, But that being said, I did train through the entire summer. I was stronger than I've ever been. Um, But definitely those setbacks just keep on staying in the back of your head. And I couldn't find the way to fight through them because I was already fighting through so much within myself. So yeah, everything that you did say definitely led to my retirement. So, so, I mean, let's, let's talk about the personal stuff. I mean, you, you said you were, you had this internal battle. I think a lot of swimmers can relate to that. I mean, it's swimming's not an easy sport, certainly not for the events you swim, which are, you know, 400, 800, 1500. Um, it's, it's the, you have to log long hours and you have to, 
I mean, I think you have to be enjoying what you're doing to make it sustainable. Um, what for you, what was mentally the hardest part about, um, getting through where you were, what were those battles going on inside you? Um, one of the hardest battles that I had to face starting with last year was when I moved to Victoria to train for the Olympics and then our coach getting pulled from my center in Victoria and Ryan Millette leaving us. Um, as well as I, first of all, my body can't handle long distance. Even though I am a distance swimmer, I find it quite funny, but my shoulder does break down a lot and so does my ankle. So it was always hard to try to find that positive when you, I had to get out of workouts early a lot because I physically couldn't do them. And then that creates a huge mental toll on you. And I, I kept on pushing through with just like the little things. Um, obviously the Olympics was a big thing that I was pushing through for last year. Um, but also just staring at a black line for two hours, 10 times a week. It's, it's really hard. And my thoughts a lot of times got to me then. So I just really couldn't push through that. And I, I kudos to every swimmer that can. Um, it's just something with my 17 years of swimming now that I, I know I can't do anymore just because I have, I have taken a step back and I've gotten my perspective from both in and out of the pool. And it's these last, since September, I was in and out of the pool with my mental health issues. Um, and I think that also helped me realize that it is when time to stop. Yeah, and I mean, I think we've seen a lot of mental people's mental health deteriorate because we're one of many reasons we're in a global pandemic, right? Everyone's stuck inside. I mean, that, that certainly has taken a toll on me personally. Um, and it's, it's a really weird time. Do you think what, what effect has the pandemic and, and the effects of that, you know, obviously you had to move, but, you know, just being inside all the time, not having as much social interaction, um, how has that affected you? Um, yeah, that's definitely another reason that I had to step back. Uh, I rely a lot on my friends, um, as I, I know a lot of people do, and being stuck in a house, not being able to see them, like provincial restrictions, banning gatherings. Um, that was really hard because last year I lived with my best friend and he was the reason that I got through everything. And then this year, just having that taken away uh, hurt me a lot because I didn't have that person that I felt safe talking to. So, I mean, I'm, I, I know a lot of people are feeling what I'm feeling and just that loneliness of being stuck inside and that boredom, like we want the world to go back to normal. Um, and it was nice to see ISL and the sporting events and soccer being open again with spectators. It's good to see those changes. But for me, it was just hard to see into the future 
about those changes as well? Which again, I think is totally understandable. <laughs> it's uh, and 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 everyone's got to kind of decide what's best for them. But it's yeah, it's a tough time. I mean, I I started counseling in July, I think, uh, be, because having someone to talk to is is really important. And like you said, having someone to talk to that you can trust. And you know, kind of divulge these these inner battles uh, too is pretty key. Um, so, just I mean, aside, just for you personally, outside of the pool, have you found methods that have helped with this mental health with your mental health during this time? Yeah, definitely. Um, a big thing is I do go to counseling and I do a thing called neurofeedback, which has been helping me a lot. I currently living with my boyfriend and his family, which helps a lot just to step out of my environment. I'm just quarantining here, basically not isolating with them here. Um, but I also do talk a lot to um Jesse Moore, my coach back in Minnesota, and he helps me a lot, like personally, even, and that connection has always stayed, as well as my coach from when I was in grade 10, um, Daryl Rudolph, he, him living here has helped me too. Um, but talking to those two people have helped me a lot, even with my decision. Um, I knew Daryl was in the same position as me um, fighting injuries in 2008 and yeah, definitely finding those personal connections with friends, family definitely helped me. I would say that my connection to a lot of my friends and family have gotten stronger. Um, just because when you are in this state of mind, it's, it's really lonely and you feel like no one's there for you, but then you have all these people who are constantly telling you that they are there for you. Which I never knew could be as big of a reassurance as it's been uh, the last, the last six to nine months. You know, I, I, for example, I grew up with fairly supportive parents. I mean, I, I'm really grateful for, for the family I had and, uh, my parents, you know, I'll talk on the phone with them and they'll just say, yeah, well, like, you know, we're happy you're doing well. We like, we're, we're happy that we get to talk to you. And it's like, oh man, that's, you know, I think as a teenager, you know, like a, as a college student, I would have said like, okay, yeah, thanks guys. But now it's like, I'm really happy. I get to talk to you too. It's, um, that, having having those good people in your life can has made a huge difference lately i feel like yeah i i definitely agree with that and just connecting i feel like a lot more with people because a lot of people are sympathizing with each other because of covid yeah do you, so speaking of which i mean when you and made this announcement of retirement um what kind of feedback did you receive from, you know, coaches, teammates, friends? Um, my teammates in HPC van were 
completely supportive, um, as well as the UBC Thunderbirds. They were utterly supportive. I actually haven't felt this much support in a long time because everyone was willing to help me out. Um, of course, you have those people and coaches that aren't happy with the decision you've made. Um, they think you could have done more. And I, I do believe I could have done more in the sport. But at this point in time, it's, it's that taking a step back and knowing that I need to put myself first, but definitely having everyone around me being 100% supportive has helped me a lot. And being in an environment that I'm in right now with my dog and my boyfriend's family has helped me a lot because it's, you know, that that love and support is all around you. Hmm. Which, which, is such a healing fact or such a big factor to the healing process, both physically and mentally. Um, so have, have, you know, let's go physically. Have you, do you have a plan for what you might do going forward? Just, are you planning on doing anything to deal with those ongoing injuries? Um, do you have other physical activities you like enjoy doing that you might want to pursue in any form or are you just going to be immobile for the next x months <laughs> um no i definitely have been getting up and moving around taking my dog for a walk is obviously an everyday mm-hmm. thing um but i really love rock climbing and it's something that i did get into right when covid hit last year and I think it's kind of been my saving grace in a lot of times. Like swimming, it you get all your muscles engaged. So it's a similar type of pain, to say <laughs> the least, with the whole body aches. And it's a great feeling. Like, I always found being sore after a week long of swimming is a great feeling. And that's something I get with rock climbing. So that's definitely something that I'm going to keep doing. And... With my injuries, obviously, um, I'm just right now doing a lot of rehab with them and getting them better. Um, It's going to be a while for a lot of it, but I'm overall, I just want to get everything better. So I know later in life, my ligaments will be okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I know you mentioned your shoulder and your ankle earlier as, as limiting you to how much you could actually practice. What, what are the actual injuries that you have sustained? Um, I have impingement in this shoulder that has been around, I don't know, for a long time. Um, growing like three inches from grade 12 to second year didn't help. Um, so that is a constant thing there, especially I did have surgery on this arm earlier in life. So it sometimes does get tight all the way through. Um, and then my ankle, I have just the plethora of things down there. Um, it's a cyst and a bone growth, um, that I just, I really just have to 
take extra care of and I tape it a lot just to make sure I don't hurt myself. Um, but those two, my shoulder would always act up if I did too much swimming. I mean, Tom Johnson did help a lot with my stroke mechanics when I got to Vancouver, which did help that. But my ankle too many flip turns, so it would be like, I'm, I'm done. And I haven't been able to kick over 1K in four years. Yeah. So that the obviously pretty serious and that's certainly a positive that you get to rest and recover those things now. Is is that are those injuries that are affected when you climb at all? Um yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm getting better at not injuring myself, I'd say. Um as I learned to actually climb. Mm-hmm. Um, so my shoulder doesn't hurt as much while climbing, but obviously my ankle. If climbing, you got to get your foot into weird positions. Um, but I always knew that my ankle would take a lot longer to heal. So tape is a magical thing, as a lot of swimmers know. <laughs> tape is a magical thing. Uh- <laughs> so uh, so this makes me wonder when you were competing and especially in the last couple of years it you know especially at the bigger meets at ncaa's at at pan pacific championships at world championships were these injuries uh a factor at, at those meets oh yeah for sure i remember um at world trials in 2019 I had to get needling done on my shoulder um, after a race because I had my 400th the next day and I had to make sure I could compete. Um, And that was definitely a problem. And my coaches have always made sure my ankle's okay. Um, And that was just a lot of treatment and making sure it was okay for the race at least. Um, But there definitely has been times where I'm racing and it hurts to push off the wall, but who, I know a lot of swimmers are injured while swimming. So that's a part of swimming that everyone I feel like knows is racing through an injury, no matter how hard it hurts. sounds painful (laughs) but it's like you said it is a part of i mean swimmers are notorious for dealing with pain right and so that that certainly is a part of swimming and swimming through injury is like you said something that probably every swimmer has dealt with at some point in their career um so i mean let's i just want to talk a little bit about uh, your early career, you said you've been in the game for 17 years now, you're 21 years old. So certainly most, if not basically all of your life. Um, I mean, how, how did you get started in swimming and when did that love passion drive for it develop for you? Um, well, I joined 
summer club in my hometown of Campbell River when I was very young, a wee little tot that couldn't swim. Um, but I got into it because my sisters were in it and I knew my sisters loved it. And as I was young, I just did it because it's life-saving skill. We lived on an island. You needed to have that, obviously. Um, but as I got older, the my competitive drive always came from I want to beat my sisters that I don't want them to be faster than me um I was like I am going to be better and I'd always look at my sister's records and be like I'm gonna beat them and that's where my drive and love for swimming came from it was always the competitive aspect and again that with COVID that was taken away but I think the one thing that drove me to want more in swimming was when my eldest sister did the exact same move when she was in grade 10 she moved to Victoria to train with the national center and she made a junior national team and I I thought that was it that's all I wanted to do and my drive obviously to beat her um I just I just followed in her footsteps I moved away in grade 11 I went to Victoria um, so I owe a lot of my successes to my sisters just for being there to push me and being my main motivation, my entire life of sport. So when, when did the motivation shift <laughs> from not beating your sisters? Um, well, my sister's was in university at Boise State, and I remember when I first beat her, and she was not happy with me. Um, <laughs> but then she was also happy because she saw what could come out of me, and that always made me happy. And my dad was my dad has always been go out there, swim hard, and have fun. And both my parents were like that, but I would do that. I would go out there and have fun. Um, my entire swimming career, I wasn't always the top. I was, I was the underdog a lot of my life. So I wanted to be the underdog and surpass my sister, which I eventually did in grade 11. But just, just even being there and her still swimming when I was in grade 11 helped so much. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think older siblings—that's what they're there for, right? <laughs> so, so the younger siblings can chase them. I swam with my older brother, and that was certainly a big motivating factor for me growing up. Um, I so I, y you're telling my life story, man. <laughs> Except I was way slower than you. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> so, when did it? When did distance swimming come on the radar for you? Um. So I always swam it. My, my coach at the time knew I hated it. I loved I am in breaststroke. I was I am breaststroke. That's all. Um, funny enough, my first ever national cut was in the 1500, though. And then I got the 4 a.m. and I was like, see, I'm not a distance swimmer. Um, <laughs> but I think it fully came into play, actually, in 2017 in the winter of 2016 to the beginning of 2017 was 
I got costochondritis, um, which inflammation of the chest wall, if you did not know. And I did not know. I, I, I couldn't do any strokes. So I took a month off swimming three months before world trials. And wow. we slowly got back in and I was doing freestyle because hurt to do any other stroke. I mm. built up from a thousand meters onwards and I barely got up to 6K before we had to start dropping for a taper. So that's when the big switch came was months before I made my first national team, which it's, it's still, it still amazes me how that's how it's switched. And maybe without that happening, I wouldn't have switched. Yeah. So how did the world trials go? Um, that was my first time ever making a national team, junior or senior. Um, I was the underdog and I made it in two events. So it was my hot. It's definitely probably the highlight of my career actually was after being injured um, for so long, just somehow getting up and performing. And I, it's, it, it was a feeling unknown to me because I never won a national title, title, whether it be summer nationals or spring nationals. Uh, it just, that's always a feeling that I kept with me through my swimming career. And uh, what year was that? That was 2017. That was for Worlds in Budapest. Okay. And that, I mean, that sounds like a really cool feeling. Uh, certainly, yeah, kind of like you said, coming back from an injury, kind of not knowing what to expect and then just to swim lights out. That is really cool. And I mean, it's seemingly that kind of springboarded your career going forward, right? Oh, yeah, it it definitely did. Like, right when that happened, it was it was at our pool in Victoria, too. So but right when that happened, my coach looked at me and he's like, well, you did it. My goal was to make wugs um and just my coach looked at me and he was like I good job so that sprung forward into me moving to Minnesota although definitely swimming Canada wanted me to stay in Victoria and continue my swimming with Ryan Millette and Brad Dingy but I went to Minnesota and uh, my first year wasn't great for the school to say the least, but then that summer was pan packs and I swam lights out somehow in that relay. And then it went through to next in 2018 fall in Minnesota. And then I broke two ribs um, and I was only training two, three weeks before big tens, somehow came second, went to NCs, somehow came third in both events, and then went on to world trials again and won the four, eight and 15. I, 
I don't know how my body did a lot of the things it did during swimming, but it definitely, yeah, the 2017s definitely springboarded my career into what it was. I don't know how my body did all the things that it did, but it did them. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of things swimmers can relate to. <laughs> well, that, I mean, but your story particularly with all these injuries, with all these setbacks, dude, I would have retired five years ago. I mean, that that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, and it's very cool to hear hear these stories and and hear the insight all i see are the times right it's like i i can look you yeah, up and see okay everyone <laughs> these are yeah these are your best times these are where you won these are the medals but to hear oh i broke two ribs or you know oh i couldn't do any strokes two months before trials it's like that's really gives you a different perspective than just looking at a at the results sheet um and so I was going to ask you about highlights in, in your career. And so obviously that 2017 Worlds, as, as you made this decision to retire to, or to, to take a step back, um, I mean, what other highlights or memories were, were you thinking of um, during this process? Um, obviously, Pancakes when we came third. Um, I still don't know how I split what I split in that relay, to be completely honest. Um, Let's give a little bit of context. You, you anchored that relay in 156 and ran down Japan to, to, yeah. to get bronze for Canada. Yeah. And okay. my fastest time ever that I've only gone once before that was a 158 mid. <laughs> and I swam the race the exact way my coach told me to swim it and... It, it all came together. Um, so that's definitely another highlight. Um, and having, having one of my best friends on that team too, he was there and he's like, oh my God, Mac. And that was a great feeling just having him there. Um, as well, I would definitely say that Coming third at NCs twice was another highlight. And especially in the 500, my teammate being fifth, um, no one expected two people from Minnesota to come top five at NC2As. Um, and then the, the 1650, when it was the top three were all Big Ten swimmers, that was also an amazing feeling and then lastly was my last big thing that I just like looked at and just like appreciate is honestly my best friends I, I all made throughout swimming I it my childhood best friend that I've been best friends with as long as I've been swimming is still so prevalent in my life and just all the friends that you meet along the way and all the people throughout the world that you get to meet it's it's something spectacular that I know people that aren't in sports don't get that 
lifelong friendship a lot of the time. And I will forever be grateful for all the friends that I met along the way that are so important within my life. Um, because without them, I don't know where I would have been. Swimming is a special sport because you spend so many hours doing the same thing and, and all that time and hard work, you're right, has, has a very special way of bonding people. Yeah, it, it's, it's your family. Like, it's nothing else. My club in Campbell River, I still consider them my family. Like, we are a family. Went, we went through a loss of one of our teammates together. And we all got together. And that group of people always have a special place in my heart. And always will because a lot of the people that I've met have just become family and my parents call them family. So yeah, it's quite, it's quite amazing what the sport does when you spend 20 plus hours a week together. Agreed. Agreed. Um, it's, it's really great to hear that perspective, to hear your perspective and to look back on, on a career that has been, you know, quite illustrious and, and given you so much. Uh, so, so moving forward, um, what, what are you looking forward to in these, in these next few months of post-retirement swimming life? Um, first of all, just honestly, getting to experience, first of all, getting to experience uh, Christmas where I don't have to be rushed by swimming. I don't have to swim on the 23rd. Um, first, that's gonna be an amazing feeling. Um, not having to rush to Christmas dinner with wet hair. But <laughs> yeah, just enjoying the simple things. Um, and I'm working towards my dream job of being a teacher. And that is something I'm going to be working for. But overall, just really trying to take a step back from the sport and see all the other things that are happening in our communities because a lot of the times we just get fixated on our sport. And that's, you live, eat, and breathe swimming when you're a swimmer and a high level. It's you wake up, you swim, you eat, you nap, you swim, you eat, you sleep. So it's been nice to get out of that routine, to say the least. But yeah, I definitely have been liking the week or so that I've had so far. Yeah. And to to bring our conversation full circle here, do you you have any advice for swimmers who are taking a look at their career and they might be at a crossroads or, you know, they might be listening and, and having struggling with mental health or injury themselves. Um, as you were going through this process, what did you find helpful for yourself to do? Um, the most important thing I think I did was look back to that one coach that, 
even though he hasn't coached me in so long, look back at him. And I had an open heart conversation with him being like, this is how I'm feeling. Um, he definitely made me the swimmer in person I am. So talking to him really helped me as well as I completely believe in counseling and the help and benefit it did with me and deciding to retire everyone in my counseling bubble was all so happy for me that I made this decision because they saw it weighing on myself. But if you're not having fun in the sport, which I wasn't, and I hadn't been for a while, it, the thing I really looked upon was I had an open conversation with my friends and I was like, do you think it's okay if I retire? And all of them, all of them, especially um, my best friend, Josh looked at me and he's like, Mac, you've been wanting to retire for a year now. You had an amazing career. You love the sport. You can do whatever you want. And your life continues after swimming, which I didn't really know, but you continue forward and then you get to appreciate so many other things in life. So I don't ever think that there's a negative to retiring, however old or young you are. Well, Mackenzie, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today and, and sharing your perspective on on this topic that can be quite hard to approach, especially uh, as a swimmer. So thank you. Yeah, no, anytime. I very much an open book. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.